0: Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God.
1: Good evening to you. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley.
2: And my name is June. Hi, everyone.
1: If you were with us yesterday, you know we're continuing what we spoke about last week, and that is Psalm 19. 19 is talking about the glory of God and last week we went through verses 1 to 11 and this week we want to spend uh, time looking carefully at verses 12, 13 and 14 because we spoke about the fact of Psalm 19 being divided into three portions. The first was talking about the glory of God in creation, verses 7 to 11 was the glory of God in his word. And 12, 13, and 14 verses speak about how we can demonstrate and reveal the glory of God. So let's get right to these verses. Let me repeat them. Verse 12, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So these verses describe how we can be a testimony to the glory of God. Now we read in Isaiah 53, verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. This is human nature. This is a description of how our lives were before we were born again. It shows the necessity for calling upon the Lord because sin only separates from him. In verses 12 and 13, David speaks of two kinds of sin. In verse 12, he says, who can discern his errors? Acquit me of hidden faults. The Hebrew reads, as for errors, who observes them? This speaks of sins that we are ignorant of. It's something that becomes a habit and it's a way of life. And they have become normal, not recognized that they might even be an offense to God. We read, for example, in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all else and is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? This should give us understanding why, has, why God has to give us a new heart, a heart of flesh, and take away the heart of stone, because we don't understand these things. In Hebrews chapter 3, the word speaks of the deceitfulness of sin, and we can deceive ourselves and not believe that we may say or we may do something that's sinful in God's sight. Basically, these are sins of ignorance. David writes, acquit me. Of hidden faults. Clear me of these. Even in the Hebrew scriptures. We see that atonement. Was made available. For such kinds of sin. You could read that in Numbers chapter 15. Alright. However let's go to verse 13. It speaks of another kind of sin. What does verse 13 say? Keep back your servant. From presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion. Over me. All right. This speaks of powerful sins that take dominion in your life. We're looking at here we're looking at presumptuous sin. We need to define from the Hebrew what does presumptuous mean. Well, actually it means to be arrogant and proud, something that causes you to deceive, SEETHE, in contrast to sins of ignorance. These are sins that we do willfully. Knowing that they are against the word of God. It speaks of rebellion. It speaks of wickedness. It speaks of defiance against God and his word. As we shared that, as we, as we look at the word, the word according to the law, sins of ignorance were forgiven by atonement, but the sins of presumption, presumptuous were not. It says in Numbers 15, Verse 30 and 31. But the person who does anything defiantly, whether he is a a native or an alien, that one is blaspheming the Lord and that person shall be cut off from among his people because he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment. That person shall be completely cut off and his guilt shall be upon him. Let's just pose this question to all of us. How many times have we willfully done something that we knew was wrong in the sight of God? Jenny?
2: And that's really why Jesus came and made a pathway for us and went as our offering for sin. And another word of knowing and not knowing sins is called of omission and commission. And in Ephesians 4, when you get home, if you're driving, read about the new man that we're called to put on because God gave us a new heart. God wrote his law on our heart that we might not sin against him. He gave us a new spirit. And he's also given us the mind of Christ. So if you find yourself caught in doing things that you know you shouldn't do, if you find yourself in rebellion against what you know you should honor and obey, cry out to the living God. If you're young, talk to your mom and dad and ask them to help you. If you're a believer and you belong to a church, go to a pastor, go to his wife, go to an elder, go to a friend who's walking with the Lord and ask him or them to help you. Because the Lord in his power and his life, which he's put within you, can bring light out of the darkness of your life. And in Isaiah 61, the Lord would speak to you and say, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord, Lord has risen upon you. The light of God wants to cover you, enlighten you, deliver you, help you, and save you from your sin, transform you, into his likeness that those around you will know you've changed oh, and hallelujah. you'll know yes, Lord. you've changed and who will get the glory?
1: Amen. That's God. good, Junie. Really good. So we need to understand presumptuous sin is really blaspheming the Lord as and we are being defiant and we despise the word of the Lord. It's interesting, Junie, in the Hebrew scriptures, the Lord said that what David did it was really, he despised my name and the word. So this is a serious issue. And as verse 13 says, these sins can rule our lives. That's why David cries out, let them not have dominion over me. The question that we need to ask ourselves is David's cry, our cry. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Lord, I need you and your strength to overcome my evil nature and bring it into conformity with your word and your will. And we are forgiven of sins of ignorance, and we cry out to God to keep us from presumptuous sins. Then we could pray as David, because now forgiveness is available for any kind of sin because the the blood the blood that Jesus shed on the cross cleanses us from all sin. So now we go, let's go back to what we were sharing yesterday and point out that the, we, according to Isaiah 43, have been created for the glory of God. And we read from 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And the word all in Hebrew and the word all in Greek means the same thing, all. In other words, it's not an act or a thought, or, or a word that is outside of this realm of all. But whatever we do, whatever we say, whatever we think about, whatever we desire, should all be for one purpose, that it will glorify God.
2: And we read, Shelley, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, if you have been raised up with the Messiah, Keep seeking the things from above, where the Messiah, Christ, is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on all things above, not on the things of the earth, or for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God.
1: Thank you, Lord. And
2: when Christ, when the Messiah, who is our life, is revealed, then you shall also be revealed with him in glory. That is an incredible promise. Yes, Lord. An eternal promise. And that really is the question, Shelley. Who are we living for? Yes. Are we living Ourselves, or do we really have a desire to live for our Creator, the Holy One of Israel, Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the Living God? So we have a choice. We can continue to struggle with our sin, or we can lay not only our sin. But even the good things in our life, our own desires, our own life, the people we love, the people that we've lived for, and say, Lord, I want to live for you.
1: Yes, Jesus. That
2: you would be my all in all. Like you said, Shelley, all means all. Amen. And that's the first commandment.
1: Amen. Thou
2: shalt not have false gods before me. So it's an encouragement. For you, Shelley, for me, and for every listener to know, we have a choice. And we can't know God (laughs) any more than the experience that we have with him, which aligns with his word and his way and not our own filters, putting God in our life versus seeing God. For who he
1: is. Just a quick verse, which says it all, Junie, what you're talking about. And he died for all that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Thank Father, you, we Lord. thank you. We thank you, Lord. You're a God. You're a God that's beyond understanding. But Lord, we thank you for who you are. And thank you that we can have a pure, holy relationship with you in Jesus. Holy name.